We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. For the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Talkstar Radio Network and our worldwide family of affiliates. Um... I must tell you that I was not surprised when May the 21st came and went. In fact, we did a show on Saturday from 4 o'clock in the afternoon until 8 o'clock in the evening uh, just to make sure that we were broadcasting when the rapture was going to hit. But you know what? Nothing happened. And Pastor Harry and I were here. We were watching the skies. We had people from all over the globe reporting into us on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, as well as uh, by email. And you know what the big thing is, is that it seems that uh, that uh, Harold Camping has somehow lost $80 million on top of the millions of dollars that have been spent on these uh, on the billboards worldwide. So it'll be interesting in the days and the weeks to come to see whether or not, you know, um, if there's any criminal prosecution that uh, he's... Uh, that he is subjected to, I think, if anything, he should be, you know, civilly liable for, for misleading these people. And if he has to put his church out of business, sell all the broadcast equipment, sell the pews, sell the books, sell the church, sell the land, whatever needs to be done to compensate the people who put their faith in him. And you know what? An example has to be made of Harold Camping because as we get closer to December the 21st, 2012, with all these other yahoos predicting the end of the world, this 
my friends, was a dry run and just a brief glimpse into the future of what we're going to be seeing as we get closer to December the 21st, 2012, when the end of the world, the end of the Mayan calendar, the, the galactic alignment is supposed to usher in the apocalyptic times. I only have one thing to say about that. It ain't going to happen, gang. It's not going to happen. So don't sell your house, don't sell the farm, don't sell the children, don't don't run up debt that you can't pay because yeah, I'm going to tell you something, come December the 22nd, everybody's going to be in for one hell of a surprise. Well, not everybody, but everybody who's buying into the end of the world scenario will be, just like the people who bought into the doomsday prophecy of Harold Camping of uh, May the 21st. Didn't happen. And I, I, as much as I feel sorry for these people, you know, like, come on. Like I said, I hope the authorities uh, do something about this. My guest of this hour, my first guest tonight here on the show, uh, we had the pleasure of having her on the show last Friday. And we only we only scratched the surface of the topic that I wanted to get into. Uh, Rosalind Peterson is our guest. And we're talking about the Agriculture Defense Coalition. This is part two, Exxon Nation. And Rosalind is the California president and co-founder of the Agriculture Defense Coalition formed in 2006 to predict agricultural crop production from uncontrolled experimental weather modification programs, atmospheric heating and testing programs, and ocean and atmospheric experimental geoengineering programs. In 1995, Rosalind became a certified USDA Farm Service Agency crop loss adjuster, working in more than 10 counties throughout California. Many crop losses uh, throughout the United States can be Contributed to weather-related causes, Rosalind earned a Bachelor of Arts degree from Sonoma State University in Environment Studies and Planning with an emphasis on agriculture and crop production. Between 1989 and 1993, Rosalind worked as an agricultural technologist for, I believe it's, uh, how do you say it? Is it Medocchino? Rosalind? Mendocino. 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 Mendocino County Department of Agriculture joining us now is Rosalind Peterson. And Rosalind, uh, t- you know, just a little caveat here, a little off-bar. Were you surprised when the world didn't end on uh, Saturday? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, that was, that around where I live, this, mm-hmm. this has been um, a high, high humor here. Yes, here too. Um, and uh, one man, he said on his way to work, he says, well, I drove by the graveyard. You know, this was the day after the end of the world came. He says, I drive by the, the graveyard on my way to work. And he said, all the bodies were still buried. Oh, so my God. Sinners. All right, you and I will come back in two minutes. Rosalind Peterson's my special guest for this hour. We'll return as the Exxon continues after the doomsday, the non-doomsday event. Don't go away. Back in two. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sunshine, baby, whenever you smile, but I call you stormy today. 
And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Rosalind Peterson is our special guest. Her websites are californiaskywatch.com and agriculturedefensecoalition.org. And uh, just for the listeners who may not have been with us on Friday, uh, Rosalind, when you were with us, can you uh, once again just just uh, in, in capsule form tell us what or tell the Exxon Nation what the Agriculture Defense Coalition is and what its aims and mandates are? Well, one of the things that uh, I started to do in 2002 was serious research on issues like persistent jet contrails and what caused them. I started to research weather modification programs. I started to do uh, an enormous amount of research to figure out what type of upper atmospheric test that um, the United States was conducting, Mm -hmm. along with other federal agencies of the government and also the military. And it became evident that uh, the United States was engaged in multiple experimental weather modification programs. And at that point, I had so much documentation on these and related topics that I decided to um, uh, put forward the Agriculture Defense Coalition initially to talk about crop production weather modification programs and to put a stop to Senator Kay Bailey Hutchison's weather modification and mitigation bills that she has put forward every year since uh, 2005. And we've been working to defeat them and have so far through 2010. Part of this experimental weather modification programs and uh, these uh, jet trails that we see in the sky and other geoengineering programs, and that means that any time that you artificially change uh, the upper atmosphere, add particles to it, chemicals to it, and conduct atmospheric experiments, then you imperil the Earth with some of these activities. Mm -hmm. So I wanted people to know how these activities would impact on air quality, crop production, uh, soils, and other issues. And so, therefore, the website came into being and... uh, it's still there, and it's still running well. Now, what is the greatest danger when it comes to weather modification? Now, there's a lot of people who may think, okay, this is great. We can get more snow in the, in the areas that depend on skiing. We can bring more rain to the areas where the crops desperately need water. But what are the real dangers, uh, as, as you see it, and that your experience tells you? Well... One of the things that's happening with these weather modification programs is that they may put additional snow in one area Mm -hmm. and enhance the snow program. However, in uh, nearby counties, cities, towns, states, they could turn those areas into drought disasters. Uh, When you change the weather in one location, then surrounding areas can have their climates change radically so that crop production um, can't, um, um, in other words, the the microclimate that's needed for the crop production in that area is disrupted. So it could be uh, too much rain, it could be disastrous consequences of these weather modification programs, flooding could occur, um, drought could occur, and all of these have tremendous impacts on crop production within the United States. Now, what we're seeing in the Mississippi Valley, what we've just witnessed over this uh, over this weekend uh, with a massive tornado that ripped through a city in the U.S., you know, claiming 89 lives to this point, 
are these the result of weather modification, or is this just regular weather patterns that we're seeing? No, we're not seeing regular weather patterns. Even here in California, we're seeing highly unusual weather occurring. And we've got the JEPs, uh, which NASA talks about when they leave persistent t- uh, contrails, actually change the climate. Mm-hmm. And we've been blitzed here um, for months and months, uh, changing our climate locally. It's much too cold here. We don't get enough direct sunlight reaching the Earth because the um, jet trails that persist for hours and hours at a time and turn into man-made clouds even according to NOAA and Stanford University documents, are really um, obscuring the amount of direct sunlight we reach uh, that reaches the Earth. This changes crop production and temperature, which is having its effect uh, because we're much delayed here in California for crop production. But also what's interesting about this type of, of um, weather events is that they're occurring um, all across the western states. In other words, California, Nevada, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Kansas, Texas, um, Alaska, Alberta, Canada, even even uh, this, uh, the country of Mexico are all modifying the weather. This all could have tremendous impacts. And we're seeing wild swings in the jet stream now, uh, disruptions, moving across the United States because we have all of these weather events going on in all these states at conflict sometimes with one another. And NOAA lists all of them on their website, and also I have them on my website as well. But uh, there's more than 66 of them which show that they're enhancing rain, they're enhancing snow. All kinds of programs are going the jets above us in the sky, um, another type of geoengineering program, changes the climate, according to NASA studies. So we have all these things going on, mm-hmm. which then disrupts normal um, weather patterns. You know, you and I were also talking Friday about uh, Bill Gates and the amount of money that he's putting into weather modification. And, uh, you know, over the weekend I, w- I was thinking about this, and uh, it's not as, you know, it's not just that... In my book, these people are, you know, who have more money than brains, uh, that they're, you know, they want to play God, but they're, they're, they're just not affecting themselves. They're affecting the rest of the planet. And what happens in one place certainly does have an effect on another. It's, it's called, in, in my book, a ripple effect. Shouldn't these people have to be uh, controlled? Or, or do, why, don't, why, why, doesn't the, why doesn't the government say, hey, listen, just because you've got the money doesn't mean that we're going to let you do whatever the hell you want? Oh, no, we're embracing uh, Bill Gates, you know, NASA, NOAA, and all these places are embracing what he's doing because he's all fund and we'll all work together and we'll fund this together and do these projects together. And uh, there's no there's no government agency that says, look, you know, we have to figure out what the impacts on agriculture mm-hmm. are. We have to figure out the impacts of these programs, the chemicals or the particles being used, all of this. There's none of that being done now for any of the weather modification programs, and that's what concerns me, and that's why we're speaking out. You know, Senator Hutchison will probably introduce this weather mitigation bill again this year. We all have to be prepared to step out 
because it's not only going to affect what's going on in the United States, it's going to affect other countries. It's, it's going to affect the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, weather modification, has anybody made a direct link to weather modification and to uh, global warming? Um, only through talking about persistent jet contrails, um, because Stanford University and NASA studies have come out not only recently, but over the past um, 10 years or so, mm-hmm. noting that the warming in the Arctic and the warming and melting of the glaciers in Greenland um, and Alaska in other words, it's from water vapor produced, which is a greenhouse gas, which is produced by these jets. And they are definitely modifying the weather and the climate across the United States. But they're really causing warming in some of these areas where multinational corporations, the U.S. government, uh, military, especially the Navy, wants to get into these areas, and when they're frozen over, they can't get there to exploit the natural resources. They can't, you know, there's, there's, uh, they're talking about uh, fighting in the last 10 days with Russia, Denmark, Canada, the United States, Greenland, and other countries. Now, because these areas have warmed up, they're fighting to exploit the, who will, uh, about who will exploit the natural resources in these areas, and they're all staking their claims because of this. And I don't think that there's going to be a policy which is going to say, look, uh, we have to do something about climate change in those areas, because then all of these corporations and like Shell Oil in Alaska, who can get in there now because of the melting, they're not going to want to give up those uh, vast uh, sums of money that they're going to reap from uh, taking advantage of getting to the natural resources in those areas. Even parts of Canada are warming up in some areas, mm-hmm. and the, the, the hunger to get in there to exploit the natural resources, which they couldn't when these areas were under glaciers, is now almost rampant in, in certain areas. And I think that there's a the really, in my opinion, uh, there's been a deliberate attempt to warm up these areas so that they could be exploited. So I don't can't say that there's global warming happening everywhere, but I think in certain areas, um, aviation is, and military and, and possibly commercial are being used to warm those areas. Otherwise, uh, the climate scientists would be heavily engaged mm-hmm. in controlling the water vapor released by aviation, um, all forms of aviation, and curtailing this really quickly if they wanted to restore the gl- glaciers in those and other areas. All right, stand by, Rosalind. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Thank you very much for sharing your Monday with us here in the Exxon. Exxon Nation, our special guest this hour, Rosalind Peterson. Here's a couple of websites, californiaskywatch.com and agriculturedefensecoalition.org. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates worldwide. 1-800-610-7035 is our toll-free number. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com and our websites, www.exxonradiotv.com. And for all the breaking news, www.exxonnews.com. Back in two minutes, back in... uh, Five minutes, don't go away. 
have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hey, hold there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to the X-Zone with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on the X-Zone radio show. This is John Hogue, Prophecy Scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is Monday, May the 23rd. It's Victoria Day in Canada. So to all our Canadian listeners who are enjoying a day off, happy Victoria Day. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice talking to you folks because uh, I, I, I don't know how many of you really bought into the concept or the belief that Harold Camping was spreading worldwide, that, uh, you know, on Saturday it was going to be doomsday. This horror stories that are coming out about people who quit their jobs, sold all their properties. I heard the story of one man who actually gave Harold Camping towards his advertising campaign. Are you ready for this? $140,000 of his, uh, that's all the money he had saved. He gave it to him. And then I heard of a family that, that relocated, uh, sold everything they had, quit their jobs, left school, Gave all the money to Harold Camp. They took a minibus or a minivan to uh, the, um, where was it, California, Craig? Right, California outside the studios of uh, the family radio broadcast that Harold Camp does. And now these people have absolutely nothing because of the, the con, the hoax, the scam that Harold Camp uh, perpetrated on. Not only his followers, but the rest of the world. Mind you, I, I don't believe in my heart of hearts many people bought into his doomsday prophecy. I know I certainly didn't. And, uh, you know, I don't buy into doomsday prophecies, period. Because over the since recorded time, there's been over 280 doomsday prophecies. And guess what, gang? Not one of them has happened or else we wouldn't be here today. Yes, the world, I think, will end one day, but we don't know when. 
But that's a topic for another show. In fact, Pastor Harry's going to be with me tomorrow discussing this, the aftermath of the non-doomsday event. We're talking to our special guest this hour, Rosalind Peterson. She is the lady behind the Agriculture Defense Coalition. Their website is agriculturedefensecoalition.org, or you can check out her other website, californiaskywatch.com. You know, another thing I was talking to several friends about this weekend was Bill Gates trying to uh, reflect the sunlight. And a couple of the people that I was talking to are avid farmers and gardeners, and they said that this would be an act of genocide on the planet because the plants on this planet require uh, sunlight for photosynthesis. Without photosynthesis, the trees that replenish the oxygen in our atmosphere as well as the other plants would die. And has anybody brought this to the attention of, of these morons making this decision? Uh Yes, in in the last couple of years, we've been really outspoken about this. Mm -hmm. And uh, David Keith from Calgary University in Canada has been down here in the States promoting um, uh, geoengineering programs where he wants to put aluminum or barium or uh, sulfur into the atmosphere artificially in order to reflect back more sunlight and reduce the amount of sunlight reaching the earth called and this is called solar radiation management or it's one of the geoengineering mm-hmm. programs and um he's been here he he talks about it but it's just like oh well if you have more diffuse sunlight or less sunlight you know crop production will you know be fine you know no problem but we don't know because we haven't done the studies well he's promoting putting particles and chemicals in the air which he admits will um cause acid rain he admits that when you put these particles and chemicals into the air, it's going to pollute the water, going to pollute the soil, going to do all these things. Mm-hmm. But he says, well, to save the planet, you know, us gods want to put up these particles and chemicals into the atmosphere with these unregulated geoengineering schemes, one of which has already started, and that's putting um, salt particles into clouds to make them whiter without really reflecting upon the fact that when you start reflecting, making clouds um, through um, increased water vapor produced by jets, and then you put salt particles in them, those salt particles rain out on our soils, in our water supplies, and they're going to make them unproductive, costly to get the salt out of drinking water, the soils don't like salt. Uh, I mean, crops gonna, don't like salt it's going to, to upset, grow in. It's going to upset the natural pH balance, not only in the earth, but what about all the freshwater fish that cannot survive, or any of the uh, the positive organisms that cannot survive with salt water? Yes, but you see, um, um, there's uh, Ken Caldera and David Keith and some of these other uh, Gregory Benford. Some of these other um, so-called climate scientists say, well, we have to save the Earth from global warming. Well, I don't see them. They know that the jets produce water vapor aviation Mm -hmm. through the combustion process. I don't see them saying that they want to eliminate it. Now they're talking about, well, we have to put, for our program to work, we have to put more greenhouse gases up in the form of water vapor so all these chemicals and particles will work better. And I look at this and I go... No, there's something wrong with this. Why Why are they not being challenged? In other words, yeah. in, in congressional hearings that were held um, in 2009 and 2010, no one was called to refute these, these wild hypotheses about these geoengineering schemes. 
And now you've got Bill Gates doing cloud whitening and hurricane modification and all these other programs just because he has the money, not because there's ever been a public debate or uh, thinking about the consequences of the program, but just because he wants to do it and has the money. This is outrageous. It it is stupid. Come on, once again, you know these people just because they have money doesn't mean that they can play God. Now, the government likes to control everything else. How come the government isn't putting a strict control on this? And why isn't there a congressional hearing about this? Something oh, doesn't there make. Was. And and there what was. happened? What happened? Well, the uh, U.S. House Science and Technology Committee mm-hmm. um, held hearings, one in 2009 and two in 2010, and then they issued a final report. But who did they call? They called all these so-called climate scientists who want to experiment on the Earth and, and, and initiate these programs. They never called scientists from marine biologists. They never called agricultural scientists. They never called people who handle would talk about um, acid rain from these programs. They called no one that would have any sense to say, look, maybe these programs shouldn't be initiated, and maybe we should rethink, uh, you know, this global geoengineering that they're talking about. Because David Keith just said um, in January this year at a Stanford presentation that, well, we really have to do it. We have to experiment so we can save the world in an emergency. And I'm looking at this. He says, well, once we start the worldwide experiment, we can't stop. Well, you know, this is unacceptable. We all have to be in his experiment and live with the consequences and his unintended consequences of Mm -hmm. his experiments and uh, the others that are proposing this. I think not. And the U.K. Parliament held hearings and called these same witnesses to testify. I never saw one marine biologist. I never saw one person involved with tree health or anyone to testify that this might not be such a good idea. They had one-sided hearings in both the U.K. and the United States. And then they said, well, we're all going to work together on, on adopting global geoengineering governance. And uh, I thought this was nuts when I first heard about this, because the because the health mm-hmm. impacts. You take uh, another word, sulfur, for example, acid rain, all these other programs. The health impacts would be tremendous, and yet we're going to go ahead and experiment just because they want to, and the, and they're going to get some. They want government money to do these experiments, our taxpayer money. Um, they want to promote these programs at, at our expense and cost to the whole world. And I look at this and I go, no, this is unreasonable. There's been no public debate, not a real one. Only these scientists walk around, these so-called scientists walk around and promote this idea. But that's uh, something that we need to identify and say, no, we, don't, we, we have to put up rules and regulations that, that we can't just have these experiments ongoing just because someone wants to do them. Exactly. We have to think this through. So when, when, we, look at, when we look at the grand scheme of things, if, if, if this is all happening, and I know that you and your organization and the people involved are doing what they can, what can the rest of the people do? What can the Exo Nation do? What can, how can we let our let our people in power know that, hey, we're not happy. We don't want this. What can we do? 
Well, one of the things in Canada is that EC, ETC, ETC group is working very hard mm-hmm. on uh, stopping this global geoengineering pro- projects and programs. And we're doing the same here. And part of it is that most people don't even know that this is being proposed or the consequences. And part of it is that like being on your station here with you today begins to let people know that this is real. This is being considered at the highest levels of government in the United States. They've issued reports on this and also the U.K. Parliament that this is really being a serious issue that's being discussed that we should experiment. And also the U.K. Parliament has said we're already conducting atmospheric experiments. So... Um, and then, in other words, the cloud whitening experiment has been um, on, uh, underway now from Bill Gates and funding and what he's doing. So we have to look at this and say, no, we have to put a stop to this. And this is going to elected officials everywhere beginning to talk about these programs and the consequences of these programs. And we have to push back. That's what, that's what, that's what has to happen. But more people have to know that this is under serious consideration. The airline industry, should they take any responsibility for this? Absolutely. And are they? Well, the airline industry and the military both know that jets produce water vapor. And they know that through this combustion process that um, water vapor is a greenhouse gas and is warming us up. The U.K. has known about this for a long time. Canada has known about this. There's books written on this topic. Mm -hmm. And we have to come to a point where we really address these issues and we really begin to talk about these issues in a way that leads to um, public debate and leads to putting the clamps on them. And this is what we need to do. And so part of the reason that I speak out, I put the website up, um, and we're working on Geoengineering Awareness uh, Month this month and um, into next month. Uh, we're going to be talking to our elected officials at every level and starting to educate them that they need to take action to uh, act as a preventative for anyone who wants to conduct these type of experiments. Right now, any corporation can modify your weather. Any government agency, any individual with the money, they can modify your weather without your consent, permission, even knowledge, uh, even prior notification. There's nothing. Hmm. They can just go ahead and do it, and you're sitting here wondering what happened. But I think that the reason that they don't want us to know about these when they do them is because if something goes wrong, they would be sued for liability. In other words, for for conducting these experiments and causing damage and hardship. And that's why they don't want anyone really to know about them, except those that gamble on the uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange on weather futures. You know, I'm sitting here and it it just seems that they keep on piling the crap on top of us and they expect this planet to go forward and yet... It seems that industry, those who have the money and the power, can get away with murder. And people like yourself, your organization, the Agriculture Defense uh, Coalition, you're doing everything you can. Is any part of industry getting behind you, Rosalind, and saying, hey, we believe in what you're doing. We're here to help. Well, industry isn't. 
um, uh, getting behind us because um, a lot of the industry that would be directly affected are the big oil companies, the chemical companies, the gas companies, all these big companies that deal and want the natural resources from warming up those areas. So why would they get behind this? And I think that most people on the ground level just aren't aware of these programs and the implication. They just don't see these uh, reports on uh, that are released by Stanford University or something. This isn't a this isn't a general topic of conversation. It's only talked about within the elite few, and very few. It isn't it isn't discussed on the media. In other words, you don't see geoengineering projects being talked about except to save the world once in a while. Mm -hmm. But you don't see them being talked about in a realistic way by people from all the sciences, from all the areas that would be affected by this. Most people don't even know what geoengineering is. Stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Uh, We'll be back on the other side of this uh, break with our special guest this hour, Exxon Nation. Rosalind Peterson is our guest. Here's a couple of websites, www.californiaskywatch.com and www.agriculturedefensecoalition.org. Get a hold of your your MPs. Get a hold of your representatives. Send them to these websites. Let them see what big industry is getting away with. This is a crime. We'll be back. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Rosalind Peterson is our guest this hour, ExoNation, www.californiaskywatch.com and www.agriculturedefensecoalition.org. Is there anything that the airline industry can do to the present uh, fuels that they're using so that they will not be inadvertently causing these weather changes or or the uh, cloud cover that we see? Sure, the airline industry could fly at uh, levels that don't um, create these um, water vapor clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the military could change its fuel configuration and uh, stop, um, in other words, configuring its fuel so that they release more water vapor into the air. And that combination would do a lot toward reducing global warming. Um, however, I'm not so sure the military wants to stop these projects that are going on overhead, these geoengineering schemes. I'm not so sure that they want to do it. But I'm going to encourage these climate scientists, instead of talking about putting more particles and chemicals and pollutants into the air, to get on board with uh, moving the airline industry and the military into uh, having less impact on our environment. Did this come about by accident uh, with the amount of airline traffic that we have now and somebody realized what what they had discovered and how they could manipulate it? Or was this a very well-planned strategic move? I think they knew from um, early uh, work um, that uh, uh, airplanes would leave a water vapor trail or a contrail with water vapor uh, jet fuel emissions in it, and uh, they knew this. Mm-hmm. And they they did some experiments, I think, and they began to realize that water vapor, being a greenhouse gas, could warm the planet. And so going back into the 70s, the 60s and 70s, there were early reports that water vapor would definitely have a negative impact on um, uh, uh, the global environment. So there was no doubt from early studies dating back to the studies. I've seen them, and I referenced some of them on my website. But there was no doubt that they knew. So now the geoengineers are talking about, both last year and this year, like David Keyes from Calgary University, they're talking about, well, we want to increase this Mm -hmm. greenhouse gas, water vapor, and the best way to do it is to use aviation to do it. Rosalind, you and I have to say so long for now. I do want to thank you ever so much. Uh, Exxon Nation, for more information, www.agriculturedefensecoalition.org and www.californiaskywatch.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. And, uh, and the news, it's about going to be until about six and a half minutes past the hour. This is the Exxon. Yours truly, Rob McConnell. Plus, the gang of many thousands will be back on the other side of this break at six and a half minutes past the hour. Don't go away. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.